Hello and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. And this week, kind of a shorter episode. It's it's a bit of a, a lighter week um, for for movie news, but I have with me once again Daniel Feingold. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. And don't don't immediately just poo-poo the, the movie news week. We just got a new trailer for Morbius, a, a, a definitely real movie that is definitely hitting theaters soon that is definitely going to be enjoyed by all, including you and me. Mm, we'll, we'll see about that. Where are you sending me that today? Of like, de- was debating on what to do for this episode, and I was like, I don't know. It's kind of like the 50th anniversary of The Godfather, so it was just like thinking about all weekend this you know, movie that's this perfect synthesis between like the mainstream culture and studio filmmaking and kind of uh, art house minded sensibilities and creating maybe the greatest movie ever made. And now the center of pop culture is going to be Morbius. Morbius probably guaranteed to be number one at the box office, no matter how poorly it does. We'll, let that, we'll we'll put a pin right, in that. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I mean, I'm, yeah, don't want to get I, it's, off track it's, here. I'm. We had a long conversation, like <laughs> on the the like walk over to you know my apartment where we're recording, like from from the bar that was just like, I, I was just like, I can't believe. It, does anyone care about Morbius other than Jared Leto? Because it just certainly seems not. I hope he's very happy. Um, sure. I would love Morbius if it was just him doing his character from House of Gucci oh as Michael God. Morbius. That's that's yes. the movie we need to get greenlit. This is kind of our first sort of big preview into what the Oscars are likely going to look like. Um, and you and I are constantly talking about the Oscars, so I figured might as well have you on. Um, you had kind of I think a, a hot take about this awards show. Do you do you want to unload that here? I think. The SAGs are peak award show for me. Um, it is a two-hour ceremony. You have all the celebrities, and I think it it certainly benefits. And maybe maybe it's an unfair disadvantage or un, an unfair advantage that it has both TVs, TV shows, and movies. Yes. Um, but it's two hours. It gets its shit in. It gets out. You don't have to spend your entire evening dedicated to it. You have a lot of great speeches, again, from a lot of very talented and well-known people that you want to see if you are a fan of pop culture. Right. And it usually doesn't have a lot of controversy or anything that leaves a bad taste in your mouth, which it does a good job of celebrating the best in television and film without pissing you off without overstaying its welcome it doesn't need a host it's it's an award show through and through they get the awards in and they're done for the night yeah i I, it is an award show that sort of embraces the fact it's an award show unlike i think our continued frustration with what the oscar seems like it's going to be this year is you know i guess since the last time we kind of checked in on the Oscars on this show, they announced that they're going to be doing a like, what is Twitter's favorite like, what is it like, oh shit movie moment or something? I don't even understand what it is. And then they've also announced that like a lot of the kind of more technical categories are not going to be aired, which includes things like editing, you know, not like edit editing. That's, that's not an essential part of the movies or like, score is not going to be uh aired live and and has created a blowback and it seems like the oscars is continuing down the trajectory of trying to both uh appease a an audience that they're never going to get back while pissing off like the people who are going to watch them while the sags it last night it just seemed like we're basically hey america do you like movies and tv if you do, here's a bunch of famous actors winning right. awards, and, and they're gonna do cool speeches. Yeah, and they're they're drinking. Michael Keaton's in the bathroom when his when his uh, <laughs> when his category comes up. You know, when you gotta go, you gotta go. But 
yeah, the Oscars are in this weird... The SAG Awards also, again, that sweet spot of just being two hours. I think we talk a lot about the Oscars just... Maybe too much attention is paid to the movies that the Oscars are nominating mm-hmm. and not as much attention as how long the ceremony is mm-hmm. because it can be a good ceremony. There are years yeah. where it's very entertaining. And then you, I think when you hit that first hour, you're like, oh, wait, we have at least two and a half hours left of yeah. this. Like, no matter it's, what happens. I've never understood, like, the one thing. I don't think the execution and where the categories went in the show was very good last year, but the one bit of at least like good on you for trying that I'll give Steven Soderbergh for last year's show is trying to switch up the order. Cause like, I wonder if you mixed in like some of the big like acting awards in with some of the technical stuff, which like, you know, I, I really love being, you know, a, movie obsessed person like you like i i love watching the technical awards and i love even seeing like normal everyday people who this is just kind of their job go up and win stuff but um you know i wonder if like a way for the oscars to to fix the sort of like oh gosh i have to like wait around for three hours to get to like the really big stuff is to sort of sprinkle it sprinkle or sort of space it out throughout the the show to have people maybe like a bit more engaged with it as it goes on. And then you can, it's still in the show with best picture, but maybe like you can move actor and actress up a little, you can, you know, you can mix the acting categories in throughout and maybe have like some of the more, like some of the writing awards up a little sooner or, you know, animated film or some, it will go on like a a huge tangent of there's like so many kind of obvious things. I feel like the Oscars could do to just make the show, a bit more engaging to watch throughout if you aren't like super invested on like who's going to win production design. And I feel like the awards or the categories that they have cut out is going to be the same situation as when they tried to introduce the most popular movie Mm. and got an immediate pushback, people telling them this is dumb and they reverse course. This has been, this decision this year has been, universally panned and a lot of criticism from everyone i feel like they can't possibly go forward with it it's it's just an untenable situation people are going to be mad you are alienating people who actually do tune in right you are not drawing anyone in because now the average movie fan average human being is oh no film editing well now i'm gonna watch that's not the case that's not how you're getting people to watch so I feel like they are going to reverse course. I'm holding out hope that they're going to. Yeah. Um, when I was, there was a time when I did think, do we really need all these awards? And then I feel like I turned 15 years old and was like, oh, wait, okay, we actually should. Yes, this is, it's an award show. Right. And exactly why I credit the SAG Awards for knowing what it is. Yeah. Also, I think it benefits them that they are on TBS, the stakes are lower. They right. don't, I was actually going to ask you, and you, you mentioned the Golden Globes. It's interesting. Do you think the SAG Awards have the opportunity to become more part of the discourse mm-hmm. and more relevant in place of the Golden Globes? Because even, even this year, going into it, felt like even though the Golden Globes didn't have a platform at all, right. there was still more discussion around them than maybe the SAG Awards. Yeah, I wonder if the I I feel like the SAGs have an opportunity and in some ways I think they did because I mean, look, no one talked about the Globes aside from like a few people in the press who followed them sort of like imagine like a plane crashing out of the sky that their their attempt to sort of like t- we're going to tweet along with like what what our like show would be and who we would give it out. And we're having like spelling errors and stuff like that. And like the way they categorize things. Um, So I do think like the SAGs at least got maybe like a bit more attention into like, okay, we've gotten the critics awards kind of out of the way and like a couple of the guild stuff, but like this, this is sort of the big, I feel like the globes get a lot of attention because it's sort of the first big marker of the awards season and then this got to be 
the big first marker that really sort of, I think, helped, if not solidify, give a better idea on like where at least the acting categories are going and where and what movies maybe have a little bit more stock in the race than we might expect. So I think they kind of did a little bit this year, but, you know, as as it's maybe something that can it'll I'll be fascinated when the Globes come back, say, next year. If, if that happens, it seems like that's going to happen. Right. Like, does Hollywood like warmly re-embrace the Globes or has, have they just been to like totally axed and it's going to be this kind of like pathetic attempt to kind of like regain this, this image as like Hollywood's fun drunken night. Album. Right. Yeah. And I, I do wonder how much, the SAGs being on TBS, which is obviously not mm. ABC, NBC, Fox, CBS. I think it's TNT. Is it? Is, is it, it TNT? I don't know. It's one of those two, which are both owned by like the same right. people. <laughs> um, so I wonder if if that hinders it from yeah. being accessible to a broader audience. Um, because like I said, just historically for me personally, it's a delightful two hours. Yeah. And I just enjoy, you know, almost even if you are a casual movie fan, you're going to know most of the people who are winning right. and nominated likely. Okay, so let's kind of go through some of the winners. This being a mostly a movie podcast, I think we can kind of like bull rush through most of the TV stuff. I think, you know, what I'll say about the TV stuff is felt pretty like representative of what were the the big shows of the last year. I mean, Succession won the Ensemble Award for Drama. Um, let's see. Ted Lasso won the Ensemble Award for Comedy. Like, I think you could argue, like, that seemed like the the big drama of the last year, the big comedy show of the last year. Um, Squid Game won multiple awards, won Best Actor in a Drama, Best Actress in a Drama, Best Stunt Ensemble in, uh, in a TV series. I admittedly, like, only watched one episode of squid game but like you know an international phenomenon and then you had kate winslet winning for best actress in a tv miniseries for uh mayor of east town and just you know a show i loved and a lot of people clearly watched and uh i did not see the michael keaton show that he won best actor for a miniseries for did you ever see that show no and no it's I love a lot of people in that cast Mm -hmm. and I've been meaning to watch it. That was one where it's like you put it on your list and then it comes out and you're, you're in the middle of something else and you just, you don't watch it as it airs. Um, so dope, dope sick. Uh, I definitely want to get to that and and just an absolute roller coaster of a, of an award, of an acceptance speech. Maybe the best speech of the night. It seems bar, bar none of like a, a sense of self-awareness while also humility and then like really I think tapping tapping it off with like an kind of like emotional tear jerking yeah. sucker punch that like really connects of like this is why I took this award and why like it means so much to me that I won for this project because this is how it connects to me on a personal level. I forget who they who they showed in the audience. They showed a few different people but they they were visibly either just crying or yeah. tears in their eyes. And yeah, what a guy. Uh, and it, it all started with him kind of rolling onto the stage. Uh, it was just all different emotions <laughs> in the span of a few so minutes. Much. Yeah, what a guy. Um, also, I think biggest flex of the night is Jean Smart losing to her co-star for mayor of Easttown, but then winning, winning for, for Hacks. Act- winning actress yeah. in a comedy series just, for Hacks. Yeah, just all the awards for Jean Smart. Yes. And she's, I haven't seen that entire series, but the like couple episodes that I watched on an airplane, terrific. Like I, I have no complaints on her winning for, for that show. Yeah, it's a great show. Just a delightful show. Same, same um, people behind broad city. So, okay. Anyone out there who is a fan of broad city, uh, exact, not exactly the same tone as broad city, but yeah, no. hacks is great. And and should mention, um, I guess the last television award is Jason Sudeikis won actor in a comedy series for Ted Lasso. Are are you on the Ted Lasso train? I I know so many people in my personal life who love Ted Lasso, and I have tried on a couple occasions 
including on an airplane, a like forced place where it'd be like, <laughs> I, I have to barrel through a couple episodes and just it's it's I I understand what people like about it and have no gripes against the show other than it's just like a little too nice for me. I think it hit at the right time when people wanted something really nice. Right. I do love Ted Lasso. Okay. Um the man, the fictional man and the show. It does seem like some people have fallen off the bandwagon in season two and mm-hmm. it lost people a little bit. I, I would say it certainly was not as strong as season one as okay. happens with many shows or many movie franchises, but yeah. still, yes, I am all in. Okay. Yeah. I, I no objections to it winning. I, I think it's, it's undeniable. That is sort of like the big kind of like, has the 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 sort of spotlight in terms of what is the big comedy series right culturally of the moment apple tv plus doing really well coming out of the sag yeah that is true so maybe a good transition into the the movie categories um first just want to say you know we're talking about ideas for how the oscars can improve its show do a stunt award. I don't understand. Like I was talking like a no-brainer. You, I was telling you about this like at during drinks and like it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me of like one like that's a that's a great craft award. Like like stunt people like work so hard. It's a dangerous job, but also like if you're thinking about it from like how do the Oscars bring in more of the like big franchise popcorn movies? Here's a perfectly acceptable way to do it. Of, of like, I, I mentioned this because the SAGs have an ensemble award. The the Bond movie No Time to Die won. And I mean, like, I, I don't know. It, I just saw that and it was like, this seems like such a no-brainer to like reward that that part of the filmmaking process. As well as this is a great way to like fully bring more of those kinds of movies into i mean who knows if the viewership would follow it but like if you're wanting if the oscars is wanting more of like the big is feeling nervous about not having as many of the big franchise movies as part of their awards conversation like this is the way that having that award is the way to do it as opposed to like whatever they're doing with like what's your favorite hashtag twitter movie or something like what whatever that dumb thing is it seems like is going to backfire on them also, how easy of a montage is that to put oh, together? Yeah. An entertaining 90 seconds of Tom Cruise doing what Tom Cruise does right. on, on any movie that he's in. It No Time to Die, Spider-Man, whatever you want. I mean, yeah. there's so many possibilities. And again, even if it's not bringing in an audience, it's still a worthy award to yeah. include. So. Yeah, I, I just in general, I need the Oscars to give me more kind of quick, fun montages that celebrate movies. Yes, just celebrate the movies. Okay, let, let's get into the acting categories because um, I think this kind of helped solidify, if not, so th- this I feel like finally gave us our our more accurate image of what the acting race is looking at thus far because for those who don't know, the Screen Actors Guild, mo- the the people who are voting in this award show are mostly voting for the acting awards in the Oscars. So it doesn't always like one to one, you know, work out. Like I remember a couple of years ago, like Regina King wasn't nominated for the Supporting Actress SAG Award, but then ended up winning the Oscar. Like there's times when they don't fully line up, but they're usually a very good indicator of like. This is the, the the front runner right here. So going through these, I think would you say it's it's pretty much like almost solidified, if not she is the the far, far ahead front runner. Ariana DeBose in West Side Story seems to be your like charging ahead lead for supporting actress at this moment. And th- this seemed to sort of solidify of like she's leading the pack in terms of this race, which I I would be, I adore that performance. I'd be perfectly happy her winning. Yes, absolutely. It, it feels like it would be a shock if she didn't win at this point. Yeah. She's, she's been the front runner this entire time. Right. Which she wins this, again. Yeah. Like, this was yeah. the one that like people were predicting for months and months yeah. since that movie came out. And then now this seems to be the kind of like 
oh, this is actually probably going to happen. Yeah. Thing. Um, jumping over to supporting actor, I think we got a bit of a surprise because it seems like for months and months, people have been saying Cody Smith McPhee in Power of the Dog is kind of the front runner there. And then who we had as our winner was um, Troy Kotzer in uh, Coda, which also makes him the, the first um, person from the deaf community to ever win uh, this award, which is kind of a, a big milestone. Um, I really like this performance. Uh, it does seem like now this is kind of shaken up the, it seemed like the supporting actor, at least to me, it seemed like the supporting actor race was kind of like starting to solidify of like Cody Smith McPhee seemed like you're far ahead, uh, lead kind of like DeBose's for supporting actors. But now I think this makes this more of a maybe neck and neck race with him and Kotzer. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I not to not to toot my own horn here, but I did call <laughs> even before thinking about what was going to happen at the SAGs. I, yeah. I I believe I I texted you and and Noah, who was on the previous episode, yeah. saying you you've been stumping for this one, yes. saying you think that this one's yeah gonna, that has th- the legs to go. Yeah, that that this could happen. So I'm I'm pleasantly surprised that it did at the SAGs. Yeah. I don't know if that'll translate to the Oscars. Obviously, I hope it does. Yeah, because I adore Coda. Uh, I adore the cast. Obviously, this was not the only win of the evening. For no, Coda. they they won the the best ensemble award too, which I think, yeah, I'll I'll let you continue. But I I mean I think undeniably sort of signals that Coda has at least like a strong support in the acting branch of the academy and is is has more uh is more of a player than we probably realized because you know the ensemble award for the SAGs doesn't do, it, it's it's not the best indicator of right. what's going to win best picture but the acting branch makes up the largest grouping of people in the academy and so you know that being said this this doesn't mean that you know coda is now eclipse power of the dog is the front runner but to just say that maybe like coda has a lot of support among actors and is clearly a bigger player in the oscars than we thought um it it does give me a little bit uh completely different movies but uh, it does give me a little bit of a a parasite vibe where mm. you really weren't expecting it and it was like oh okay it's not this is nice that this is nominated for for best picture Mm -hmm. and then it builds some steam yeah and everyone who sees it loves it uh, or at least really likes it. I I like it. I don't I don't <laughs> I don't love it. But I know I I understand what people like about it. And even like I was telling you when we were having drinks, like I was listening to Bill Simmons' podcast the other day, and he was telling someone he was like, I think Coda is like the one to look out for in this race. Like he he was like, I actually think that's going to be the thing winning. And the person he was with was like, that seems insane. Like it's n- like barely anyone subscribes to like Apple tv plus although you know maybe that's not that true because people watch ted lasso and that's a really popular show but like you know we're just saying that that seemed unfeasible that like that movie was the big juggernaut and simmons was just sort of like you know and his sort of like suburban dad way was just sort of like i don't know it's a movie it's like a feel-good movie and like people who watch it are like at the very least like that was pleasant and that was sweet and like that that can take you far so i don't know maybe maybe that'll take you but to say that to like i i agree with you of like i don't love coda but i was at least like won over by some of its charms and like had that experience of ending it being like that wasn't one of my favorite movies of the year but like a very sweet pleasant movie that i have been like willing to recommend to people as like no you just want like a feel-good like movie the whole family can sit around and watch coda there you go right yeah and and i think you know parasite kind of going back to that comparison it it had more viability i feel like after winning big at the sags Mm -hmm. and it still was not the front runner going it was kind of like could this happen right and i don't think anyone really expected it to and then when it did it was like oh this is awesome yeah so i feel like coda is kind of in that same camp where i it's not it is definitely not the front runner still going forward for best picture at the oscars i wouldn't even put it number two still I would no. say it's maybe a distant third, maybe even yeah. fourth, but it is it a possibility now that 
we didn't really even consider beforehand, I, I, I would say so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, By the way, what would be, if you would, what would you, what would your top three or four right now be? I, I would say, I think Power of the Dog is still the front runner. I feel like number two would be Dune. Under, really? under okay. here, here's my justification for, for that. I feel like similar to some of the power, I, I feel like similar a bit to Power of the Dog of like, even people I know who don't like those movies walked out being like, that was an achievement. And the way they do Best Picture is like the entire you know, body votes on, on that award and they do preferential balloting. So they like rank them. And so it's less who it's like, you could win by like, everyone has a different number one, but everyone has the same number two or number three. Mm. So I could see like, if power of the dog or Dune isn't, even if they're not in everyone's number one spot, I could see them definitely in like a lot of number two or number three spots for people walking out being like, well, that, that was certainly like an, an achievement and was like an immaculately crafted movie, even if that wasn't my favorite of the bunch. And then I would say this maybe makes me think that like Coda, I think is running in third. Gotcha. So I don't know. What, what would you say at this point? I would still say power of the dog, uh-huh. but a close second. I, and I, I hesitate to almost say I feel like this has more of a chance than power. Conventional wisdom is power of the dog. Right. Though I think we are – it is very possible we get chaos Oscars and we just get don't look up running the table. Wow. Um, obviously See, not the acting yeah. categories, but we get we get the chaos. So I yeah. think that's a very real possibility. And then I would put in a distant third code. I don't really th- – I don't see – Maybe maybe this will be proven wrong. I yeah. don't see Dune. I could see this would also be a surprise, but really not really. Mm-hmm. West Side Story, yeah, being, being kind of like, oh wait, yeah, this this very Nota- popular musical, yeah. by notable Steven that Sp- West Side Story is going on Disney Plus this week. I think that we're recording, so maybe this is an opportunity for more people to to see it. There was that that clip from it. I don't know if you saw on Twitter that was like going around Twitter of someone took the clip of like the big like dance there's like a big yeah. wonder of when the um maria and her brother are like entering the dance hall and it's like goes through the hallway and then like cranes up the dance floor and like goes through students dancing and like you get all these little bits of characterization in this like incredibly elaborate camera shot and so like i i, I yeah i'm It'll be interesting to see in the next coming weeks of like once this movie's on a streaming service, even with the general public, like do people like now check it out? And if there's like a big West Side Story reappraisal of people being like, oh, you know what movie is actually like (laughs) dope as shit? The West Side Story remake. Awesome movie that I can't believe we didn't go see. Also crazy to think that like West Side Story winning or just like suggesting that it could win Mm -hmm. is kind of. A, a crazy thought like it's just yeah. it's not it is not at all part of the discussion yeah it's like oh yeah of course it was gonna get nominated right but just like let's think about who's involved with this how good right. it is yeah the, the love and support for just the 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 ip of it um, yeah yeah it just it's a steven spielberg movie yeah um so i guess we'll talk with our our lead actor and actress story um Will Smith, you ready? You ready? It. Let's do this. Let's do this, America. I still think it's possible Benedict Cumberbatch takes yeah, it at the Oscars. I think it's possible too, but we just you got to give it to Will. This, this would be a moment like I don't know if it carries the same weight because he hasn't been nominated as many times, but I feel like there would be him winning and the like anticipation for people to want to watch him give a speech i feel like it would be the same as like when um when leo won for the revenant of like i knew a lot of people that were like invested in that like just in my personal life that were invested in that oscars solely because they were like i want to see 
Leo win. I mean, that was more of a like lock. Yeah. Throw the key away. Like it's, you know, there's no discussing he's going to win, but like a lot of people, I just because he's this sort of big totemic movie star that like a lot of people our age, you're a little bit older than me, but like a lot of people our age have like grown up with him as one of their signature movie stars. And Will Smith, I feel like is a little bit of the same way. Will Smith maybe hasn't always picked, you know, as the the same kind of projects that Leo has. He's been more of a a popcorn film star. Um, You know, maybe his transitions into more prestige stuff sometimes hasn't worked. Um, But, you know, a, a big, gigantic movie star that people have grown up with, either like seeing his blockbusters, whether they were introduced to him through Independence Day or whether they started watching him on Fresh Parents, like, Someone people have like a built-in relationship with, and I think that makes for the most exciting Oscar moments. If then it's like, oh yeah, Will Will Smith is getting his like recognition, and we all get to like gather around and see him be charismatic and jokey on stage and cry, and then we all get to be like, you know who's awesome? Will Smith. It really. It's it does feel like it's it's his to lose. Like yeah. it, it it absolutely is he is the front runner and deservedly so. And that win needs to happen. Yes. But to make another comparison, it gives me a little bit of again, not not to say that it'll end up this way, but it gives me a little bit of vibes of Sylvester Stallone oh, losing, yeah. where that was pretty much a lock. Right. I don't think anyone expected, certainly not Mark Rylance to win. Right. Um, everyone was expecting Sylvester Stallone, and if not him, again, not Mark Rylance, and not to say that Benedict Cumberbatch is Mark Rylance, and not to say anything bad about Mark Rylance. No, I mean, that that's actually just, was a really good performance, too. Yeah. <laughs> being that Benedict Cumberbatch is much more well-known in movie culture than Mark right. Rylance was at the time. Right. Um, and Benedict Cumberbatch's performance is, is certainly worthy of, oh, of yeah. recognition. But let's give it to Will Smith. Yeah. Let's, let's, for the conversation, give it to Will Smith, even if... Cumberbatch is great in that movie. I mean, Smith is great in in King Richard. I mean, that is sort of like the reason to see that movie is to see the Will Smith charm on sort of full display for for you at home. Yeah, he's he's so good in it. I mean, and so has Ben. It's it it's tough because I love Power of the Dog so much, right? But I also will yes, like you said, the King Richard I love as well. The movie mm-hmm. itself. But the star is Will Smith through and through. Right. Um, and then lastly, I think times we've talked about the Oscars on the show, I think it's the best actress race has been the most kind of open of people like not. It, it's been a little, a little bit unclear of like, it's kind of seemed like it could be anyone's race. Like maybe it's Coleman, maybe it's Stewart. Oh, Stewart's out. Oh, Stewart's back. Is it Gaga? Oh no, Gaga's not there. And um, Chastain won last night. Um, for, and your reaction was? Um, <laughs> look, I have not. Jessica Chastain is a good actress. I have nothing against her. I've liked her and plenty of stuff. I've been open on this podcast. If I am not a fan of the eyes of Tammy Faye, that is a kind of performance too. It it is, you know, the classic Oscar performance of like a big showy in your face, like transformation performance that is typically not the kind I always go for. Um, Yeah, I guess she's the front runner. Although it, it still seems like this is a category that's like could get some shakeup. I don't know. Do you do you think this sort of locks her in as the clear front runner, or do you still think that there's like this? This still seems like a category that there's the possibility of like something like what happened um, with uh, when Olivia Coleman beat out Glenn Close for Best Actress. Like it still seems like this is a category that like if something, it seems like every year there's one of the acting categories. Well, not every year, but a, a lot of years at least. Right least one there'll be some sort of surprise out of nowhere that's like not what the pundits and everyone was predicting and it seems like actress 
is the one that has the most kind of like murky waters this year. But, you know, I so I don't know. I'm, I'm asking you, do you think it's still kind of anyone's race or do you think this puts Chastain more in the in the lead spot? I would say I would lean towards calling her the front runner, not a clear front runner. This mm-hmm. is certainly not a runaway type thing, a Will Smith situation, hers mm-hmm. to lose. The Academy loves Olivia Coleman. Olivia yeah. Coleman's great always. That would be my pick. Yeah, I think she was kind of the consensus favorite going into award season. I But when like six months, like when the festivals were happening, everyone was like, Stuart, locked, done. Right, and true. then like a lot of people hated Spencer and then Stuart wasn't getting nominated for anything. And then people were like, maybe Gaga, maybe Coleman. And then Coleman was kind of the front runner. And then Stuart got nominated. And then now it seems like it's Chastain. Yeah, I would I would go with a, a slight lead for Jessica Chastain with remembering that Olivia Coleman kind of dominates at the Oscars. Yes. For, for perfectly good reasons. Mm-hmm. Again, The Lost Daughter, great movie. But she is amazing in it. Yeah. Um. Now, the way you described her performance in the eyes of Tammy Faye, it made me think, how would you feel if Nicole Kidman won? Because I feel like the way you described her performance is could be said about being the Ricardos. I which I will yeah. I will say still they, I'm a bit shrug about that Nicole Kidman performance of like I think she's kind of miscast in that movie but it's there is something about Kidman doing Sorkin that <laughs> at least like activates somewhat of like a pleasure sensor in my brain. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's and it's Nicole. Did, what 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 did. Did you like Eyes of Tammy Faye? I don't know if we've ever talked about this. I wouldn't say I. I, I feel like I maybe liked it more than you did. Okay. Um, I also watched it kind of during like an Andrew Garfield high oh, uh, uh-huh. after Tick Tick Boom and, and Spider Man. So I'm just like, any Andrew Garfield content, just right. let's go, let's do it. Um, yeah, I I I wouldn't say I particularly came away with very great thoughts about eyes of Tammy Faye. It was fine. It was fine. Um, And I'll just go, going back to being the Ricardos, I I would say, even though not nominated for best picture, I could still see it winning for best picture just because Oscars. That would truly be the chaos. Wild. If actually Nicole Kidman ends up winning for, for that movie and that'll, that'll really be chaos Oscars. (laughs) Um, yeah, so I guess that kind of wraps up the the SAGs. I guess we'll see. Oscars are still a month away, basically. A yeah, are of... they? Are they? Is, is there any word on them shifting that back? Or are they just going to keep it the way that it we is? We can't. We can't keep pushing this back. This <laughs> we got to just no, get I mean, this I mean, over sh- with. I mean, shifting it, shifting it back to normal oh. scheduling going forward because oh, th- I this, hope so. This change was initially obviously because of COVID last year and kind of giving movies more time um, because of everything getting pushed back. And now we're getting back to more of a normal release schedule. Obviously there's still movies that have not been released that were meant to be released years ago. Right. We just saw Death on Nile. Yes. Um, Not that that would be nominated for any Oscars, but uh, yeah, it feels like late March is really pushing it. We can't, we can't keep doing this. We can't, we can't keep dragging this out. So, so long. Get yeah. this done in like early February. Yeah. That's, let's, that's let's when we need to, to get that. this done. Um, yeah. So I guess that kind of like wraps up the SAG things before we go, you know, we're recording this on a Monday and the Batman embargo lifted today. So I guess we can, you and I both went to the, the press screening for it last week. And so, I guess we can both kind of talk about it a little bit. Um, this isn't going to be like a full Batman deep dive next week. Going to have Johnny Sobchak on and we're, you know, we're going to give listeners the weekend to see the movie. And then next week we're going to just spoil the entire thing and go deep dive into the lot, the whole movie. Cause I'd say there's actually like quite a, 
a bit to spoil about this movie yeah. um more than i was expecting um so i feel like we'll kind of give the the cliff notes just to kind of keep in because this seems like the thing everyone's been talking about all day it seems like everyone was like if you weren't like a critic who saw it people were just sort of like on the edge of their seat until like the embargo lifted at like noon to then be like all the and then like all the batman reviews like dropped all at once like my whole twitter timeline just became like a feed of every like publication that does any kind of movie reviews was just like here's our batman takes go (laughs) um i think you and i you and i liked it loved it yeah Yeah. it's really good (laughs) going into this you heard me say it over and over again at any any other movie we were going to see anytime the trailer was playing anytime we saw a commercial i was like i need this to be good Mm -hmm. i need this batman movie i need the batman in my life yeah and i i need to be excited about it i need a reason to celebrate it and it did not disappoint me um Funny, we were, we were talking about Christian Bale earlier and how he is kind of our Batman. Mm-hmm. And again, without really giving anything away, without spoiling too much, Robert Pattinson does a great job as Batman. Yeah. Maybe a little less so as Bruce Wayne, but he is yeah. he's a great Batman. And this movie felt, while still a Batman movie, mm-hmm. It felt different than any of the other ones that came before it. And I mean that in a good way. And I think we both kind of had the same reaction. I think what you said right after we were done with the screening was Mm -hmm. perfect because I had the same thought during the movie was it didn't rise to the level of, oh, my God, we are actually watching this right now, The Dark Knight. Right. Because that was... You you grab the person next to you every few scenes with oh my god yeah this we're, is amazing we're not going to uh you know I I kind of marinated on that thought a little bit like the day after of just sort of like you know seeing that movie in two thousand eight was a bit like I I mean just the lightning regardless of how it's aged um and whether you know think it's good whether you think it's bad i think it's still really insanely entertaining movie um i mean like the lightning in a bottle that is the heath ledger performance and you know i but just being in the theater and being like oh i didn't know you could do this with a comic book movie i think so much of the enthusiasm around that was the idea of like oh like the novelty of you can do a sort of of someone trying to do a like prestige comic book movie a prestige superhero movie and that being something that you know i that that you're not going to fully recapture that and i don't know that this movie um recontext sort of offers up a new recontextualization of like oh i didn't know you could do this in a comic book movie or with a batman story but that being said i think it's still like really good and um you know, it it both falls in this line of movies since Dark Knight that have tried to be a more prestige-minded comic book movie like Logan or Joker or, I mean, I, I guess you could say like some of the Zack Snyder stuff like Man of Steel. And uh, I, I think I don't like Man of Steel or Batman versus Superman, but I feel like those movies are at least like reaching for... There's the attempts. They, they think that they're sort of saying a lot about socio-political superhero issues that maybe they're not. Um, yeah, I think Dark Knight, that that is a movie, and I don't want to compare the two because that's, that's not fair. Yeah. You know, they are all Batman movies, but I, I'm not saying that, that that this had to reach the heights of, of, of the Dark Knight, but... The Dark Knight is one of the few movies that, you know, if you had to just pick a few that you want, I want to see that movie. I want to have the experience of seeing that movie for the first time in theaters again. I wish Mm -hmm. I could have that back to to experience that again. I'll say about the Batman, I can't wait to see it again. I cannot wait to go see it in theaters again. And it is, to me, it felt very much, and we had heard about this and just from the way that the trailer, the way that the movie is presented to us, it, it 
very much is like a neo-noir, but one of the te- detectives is Batman. Yeah, it's, I will, um, I think thinking about the movie more, and this will sort of be my my kind of like vague review I'll give before, you know, going more in depth and nuance next week with Johnny, but it it is a movie sort of unburdened by... Uh, I, th- I think the thing I like about it is it is it feels unburdened by the kind of corporate pressures and sort of responsibilities that I think often weigh down a lot of comic book movies. This doesn't feel like a movie that is sort of um, concerned with uh, its world building in the sense of I'll I'll take that back. Not world building, but like it is not concerned with sort of setting up a a franchise and setting up like we have to lay the breadcrumbs for the next movie as well as tie in the thing that came before or this needs to be the origin story to introduce you to the thing of like no, it is it is a Batman story and it it feels sort of complete and unof itself um and I found that refreshing of it just sort of felt like a movie where Matt Reeves was like, I have an idea. I have a cool idea for a Batman movie and went for it. And, you know, I, I, I almost, I'm sure that this movie's going to make a lot of money and they'll make a sequel and stuff. Cause capitalism, but you know, if, if he were to just sort of be like Mike drop there, I made my Batman movie. Like that's it. I, it wouldn't be out of place because this movie is like pretty self-contained and has its sort of own arc and it it tells the full story that it it wants to tell. And I found that it, the market's so oversaturated with superhero content that to just get something that is just like, I'm just here to tell this story and to also have, it is also, I think, a testament to let, we need just like more style in our blockbusters like the, the, the even though this is a very grungy dark um like rain soaked grunt, like i want to take a shower afterwards movie like like there there is an an attention to the aesthetics that i don't always find in these movies because we sometimes you know you go to see I, I have fun at a lot of Marvel movies, but sometimes you go and see them and it looks like a parking lot here in Atlanta. <laughs> it, it looks a little desaturated and stuff. And so, like, I, I don't know. I, I like that this movie is just uh, so willing to just be a movie, if that makes sense. It is, it is unburdened by the larger responsibilities of sort of franchise management and they just sort of went out and made a really cool Batman movie that um, I think as we'll talk about next week has um, goes in some surprising directions. And even if it's not perfect, I I think you and I both, I think you felt a little bit more of the three hour running time than I did. Um, But I, 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 I think there's more to admire here and love than even if I have like a couple maybe quibbles with it that I'll probably elaborate more next week. I, I would still say this is like one of the more uh, enjoyable blockbuster experiences I've had in the last couple of years, um, which is saying something because it's, it's more of a like grungy de- hard boiled detective movie yeah. than it is like uh, a big, uh, it, it is a movie I think that also has has stakes to it, which um, I think is is sometimes un- rare in in these blockbusters. So I don't know. I'll quit my rambling. I'll talk more about it next week. Feel free to give any other thoughts you have. I'm sort of being vague and beating around the bush while being like I think people people will be pleased with it. Um, and yeah. Well, and yeah, my just lasting impression of it is that while it is dark and sometimes unpleasant and even unsettling and yes. disturbing at times, definitely, it still 
has a lightness in parts and mm-hmm. and and it's still a fun movie. Yes. It still is a fun time at the movies. And I think that is an impressive feat to have the tone that you do for the movie yet still make it enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And well, yes, it's very hard boiled and it, it, it does. You feel almost like you need a shower. At, right. It, it, there are moments of, it doesn't feel um, like a punishing slog. Right. It's not, it, you're not white knuckling it through. Right. Um, and just to the point of it being kind of self-contained, I think, yes, but I will add to that that it is good enough that you want to see more. I want to see more of Robert sure. Pattinson as Batman and Bruce Wayne. I want to see where this next chapter may go. And barring any craziness happening at the box office or Matt Reeves just completely ditching it which i think they would even still move forward with it or whatever right we will get more and i'll i'll just say you know another movie that was just really kind of self-contained it was just supposed to be one and was advertised as being completely original and not uh not based on ip free guy your favorite movie all right. Well, that's this has been a uh, a fun fun time. <laughs> Thanks, Daniel, for for hanging out and uh, get out of my apartment. Um, thank you to the listeners for uh, d- joining this week. And uh, like I said, next week uh, we'll have Johnny Sobchak on, and we'll be talking fully breaking down the Batman all three hours of superhero extravaganza. Uh, Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you find podcasts.